the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Cornerstone Connection with Pastor Gary Hamrick. It's not even really real. You're exactly playing into his hands. He loves for you to think that. He loves for you to dismiss the demonic things and think just superstition, Hollywood, not even real. Okay? Again, don't get preoccupied with it, but you better not dismiss it because you'll fall prey to him if you do. If you're not on your guard, you don't understand how do we fight this, how do we deal with this reality, you will become prey to it. So recognize the Satan and demonic principalities, they are real, they are relentless, and they're going to try to destroy your life. This is Cornerstone Connection, the radio ministry of Pastor Gary Hamrick of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. Pastor Gary is teaching through Nehemiah. Some of us may be familiar with the line, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. While some of us might smirk at this statement, The sad reality is that an overwhelming number of Christians think of Satan as a metaphor. In today's message, Pastor Gary warns us about one of the most dangerous things we can do as believers, dismiss our enemy. In our study, we learn that one of our enemy's greatest tools against us is when we underestimate his desire to kill, steal, and destroy. At the close of Pastor Gary's message today, I'll be sharing with you how you can get a copy of today's broadcast of Cornerstone Connection. Subscribe to the podcast or get in touch with us. But for now, let's join Pastor Gary in Nehemiah 3 for part two of today's message titled, Examining Our Gates, Spiritual Warfare. Paul even says one of the reasons why he says that he needed to forgive was so that Satan wouldn't take advantage of his unforgiveness and potentially then ruin a relationship. Listen to what he says in 2 Corinthians 2, 10 to 11. He says, I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake in order that Satan might not outwit us for we are not unaware of his schemes. What does he mean by that? He means... Potentially, if I keep unforgiveness in my heart, Satan will take advantage of that. And he'll continue to stir me with a bunch of unforgiveness and anxiety and bitterness and greed. And he says, I don't want to be unaware of Satan's schemes. This is how he works, even through unforgiveness. Paul had the same caution about unresolved anger as well. In Ephesians chapter 4, 26 and 27, Paul says, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. Why was he using that word, that language about the devil and a foothold and anger in the same, in the same sentence? Because what he's saying is, if you are angry, and not all anger is sin, that's for another Bible study, but if you're angry to the point where it's unresolved and it becomes sin, 
You go to bed without resolving that, you're going to go to bed angry, you're going to wake up angry, you're going to have the rest of the day angry, you're going to go to bed again that night angry, you're going to wake up the next day angry, and Satan just likes to keep that cycle going, and that's why he says, don't let the sun go down in your anger. You better resolve these things, because Satan will take advantage, he'll get a foothold. It'll be a crack in the door into your life. Unforgiveness, anger, just a couple of examples that Paul says, these are opportunities potentially for Satan to come in and for things to demonic, not to invade us physically, but on the outside to torment in the spirit realm, to discourage, divide, lie to us, destroy us. And Paul even takes a good section of Ephesians chapter 6 to deal with this subject head on. So I'm going to ask you now to go to Ephesians chapter 6. You can leave Nehemiah 3 and go to Ephesians chapter 6. And on your way there, let me give you some statistics on this topic because sadly, a lot of Christians don't even believe in what we're talking about today. According to a recent survey done a few years ago, published by the Barna Research Group on the topic of Satan and how real he is or not, the statement was given to Christians, all right? This was a survey of Christians, those who identified themselves as followers of Christ. The statement was, Satan is not a living being, but is a symbol of evil, all right, And so in the survey, it was asked of Christians, do you believe in this statement? Do you believe that Satan is not really a living being, but he's just a symbol of evil? Here are the results from the survey. 40% of Christians strongly agreed with the statement that Satan is not real, he's not a living being, he's just a symbol of evil. 19% of Christians somewhat agreed. All right, you take those top two numbers, 59% of Christians, according to this survey either somewhat or strongly agreed that Satan is not a living being. He's only a symbol of evil. Let me tell you something. If you were part of that 59%, Satan is going to eat your lunch. If you think it's not even really real, you're exactly playing into his hands. He loves for you to think that. He loves for you to dismiss the demonic things and think just superstition, Hollywood, not even real. Okay? Again, don't get preoccupied with it, but you better not dismiss it because you'll fall prey to him if you do. If you're not on your guard, you don't understand how do we fight this, how do we deal with this reality, you will become prey to it. So recognize that Satan and demonic principalities, they are real, they are relentless, and they're going to try to destroy your life. They want to destroy your marriage, they want to destroy your kids. Why? Because you look like and, and love your father in heaven. And Satan hates your father in heaven. And so he wants to destroy everything about you. That's why Jesus called him a liar and the father of lies. That's why Jesus says that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Satan, by the way, is not the opposite of God. God has no equal, all right, even in the opposite realm. Satan is defeated on the cross, but he still has limited power to test and to torment us. And we need to be aware of how he operates and not dismiss it all as a bunch of bunk or you will become a victim of spiritual warfare. We need to understand this. We need to get a biblical perspective of it. We need to understand how to fight it. Now, this is what Paul says in Ephesians 6. If you have your Bibles open there now to this section, verses 10 through 18, I'm going to read it. Verse 10 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, 
but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. All right, your attention here. A few observations from this passage of Scripture, because Paul deals with it head on. We need to understand that many years ago, a date unrecorded from Scripture, that Lucifer was an archangel, was a guardian angel of God in heaven. He rebels. He takes as many. Revelation 12 talks about the dragon swept his tail and a third of the stars went with him. It is believed that's an allegory of Satan when he fell, taking as many as a third of the angels with him. Those fallen angels now are the demons in the unseen realm of the spirit world. Okay? Real and active and relentless in pursuing you and me. Satan is not omnipresent like God is. Satan can't be everywhere at at once. So when we talk about Satan attacking a person, he probably has bigger fish to fry than you and me, all right? But nevertheless, if it's not Satan, it's one of his little demonic minions who are at work against us. And Paul addresses this here in chapter 6 of Ephesians, and I'm going to give you six quick points about what we need to understand, how we need to fight this head on. The first one he talks about here in verse 11 telling us, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. The first point about spiritual warfare is understanding that Satan is constantly scheming against us. The enemy never sleeps. He is doing all that he can to destroy your life and your family and every church. Peter records it like this in 1 Peter 5, 8 to 11. He says, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, knowing that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And then Peter adds, and the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered for a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast to him. Be power forever and ever. Amen. Did you hear that? Peter says, Satan is like a roaring lion, and he's on the prowl, and he's looking to devour you. So he says, resist him. Stand firm in the faith. He is constantly scheming against us. Secondly, we see here from verse 12 of Ephesians 6, verse 12, where Paul says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. By the way, some Bible scholars believe that he speaks there of an order and a ranking system in the demonic realm, that there are rulers, there are authorities, there are spiritual forces of evil, And it could be. But one of the things that is clear in what he says here at the beginning of verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Now, 
who are flesh and blood? We are. We're flesh and blood. We're physical. And Paul is helping us to understand that not every conflict in your life is really between you and the other person. That actually sometimes the conflict that we experience and the battles that we face are from the demonic realm trying to impact us from without. So here's point number two that we need to keep in mind. We sometimes confuse conflict between one another with conflict from the enemy. Paul says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Not every argument is just between you and your friend or you and your spouse. Okay, sometimes this is actually the way that the enemy is working to bring discord and division and strife and lying into a situation or a family or a relationship or a church. And we need to be on our guard against this. Now, I know sometimes when you engage in a conflict with your spouse, you think he or she is the devil, but I want you to know it's not quite that simple. And by the way, don't dismiss every argument as this is the devil. You know, this is spiritual warfare. Sometimes it's just people are in disagreement, okay? But I think sometimes it's actually the work of the enemy trying to stir the pot and trying to get people in division and in disagreement and discord. How many senseless arguments have you gotten into with a friend or a spouse that may actually have been incited by Satan and not a genuine conflict at all? How many church splits and family fractures were the result of Satan sowing discord instead of human conflict like it appeared? Now, the big challenge in all of this is because this is in the unseen realm, the big challenge in all of this is distinguishing between what is really just, you know, normal people disagreeing and what is the work of the enemy in this? And that's hard. I can tell you I've been a Christian now for 35 years, and I still have a hard time sometimes discerning, now is this just differences, or is this the enemy working in a way to, to really bring division and discord? And here's what I've discovered. Typically, this doesn't work all the time, but typically, one of the ways I've begun over the years to realize the difference between what is the enemy and what's just normal conflict is, a lot of times when it is the silliest, most ridiculous, petty disagreement, it's probably the enemy. It's probably the enemy. Because those petty little ridiculous disagreements we get into that just become this huge explosion, if you're able to step back from it just enough to objectively realize this is ridiculous, it may very well be the enemy. Now, I'm going to give you an example of something that happened between my wife and me uh, about a month ago, and I'm just going to share the story with you with her permission. I ain't stupid, all right? <laughs> with her, but by the way, I still have one more service after this. If you want to tell me your story, I'll share yours instead, all right? But here's the deal. So about a month ago, my wife was packing to fly to Tampa. Her parents are, are in Florida just for a little while, so she was going to go visit her along with our daughter, Lindsay. And it was only the second time in our married life that I didn't fly with her. And so I'm just, 
you know, as, as a guy, I just like to be protective and take care and serve my family. So especially when we go flying, I'm the one, I print out all the boarding passes ahead of time. And I'm the one that does double check. Do you have, you have your driver's license? Do you have your passport? Do you have everything, you know, or before we leave the house, then when we get to the airport, I'm the one that just kind of, you know, leads the way. Let's go through security, everybody. And I'll be the first one to take the awkward pat down, you know, and I just want to, you know, take the whole family through security, TSA, the whole wonderful, you know, naked x-ray machine and all that good stuff and so so that's just me i just want to serve so here so here the night before so i was to take her to the airport flying to tampa so the night before she's not taking any check on bags it's all carry on and so she's got her suitcase all packed on the bed and i just listen lovingly (laughs) asked now, are all your liquids, remember the 3.4 ounce rule, that everything, you make sure everything's only 3.4 ounces. Now, let me tell you how Satan twisted all of that in the air, all right? <laughs> let me tell you how that got. Just a loving husband said, as everything three, because all I'm thinking is if you take your, your mammoth hairspray can, it's going to get confiscated. You ladies know what I'm talking about, right? The big, the big thing, it's going to get confiscated. So, but in the air, Satan translated it as, you know, you're a baby. I need to take care of you. 3.4 ounces. Remember, right? 3.4 ounces. And so she heard that and thought that I was treating her like a baby. Like, of course she knows it's 3.4 ounces, but I came across in in her mind to treating her like a baby. So, you know, I didn't even know I'd done anything wrong until the next morning. (laughs) She's as cold as ice, you know, and that kind of a thing. So, you know, and so I was feeling like the coldness in the air. And so I even asked, I said, uh, what, what's, what's wrong now? Last night she was here in the service sitting on the front row and she quickly spoke up. She goes, no, you didn't say what's wrong. You said, what's your problem? Could be, could be, could be another thing Satan twisted. I don't know. It's possible. All right. And, and so, but her answer, and she did agree on us. Her answer was, you don't know. <laughs> no, I don't know. How many, how many guys have like, I don't know what I've done wrong. How many guys are, I don't know what I've done wrong. And then when you hear that at that point, you're just like, and I really don't care. <laughs> I don't want to hear it, all right? And so it was, oh, a special ride all the way to Reagan National Airport is where we had to go. Okay? Even when she came back, it was unresolved. It was unresolved, and we still felt the tension. And so listen, in all seriousness, guys, this is where we as spiritual leaders in our home have to step into the situation. Don't let Satan get advantage of this. So I had to. I know it was upon me to to say to her, you know what? Because I stepped back, and I realized, this is over 3.4 ounces. This has to be the enemy. And I said to her, you know, this is ridiculous. This is petty. This has to be the enemy. And, and so I said, let's just pray. This is where I just stepped into it. Guys, you have to do this. I just said, okay, we just need to pray. And as soon as we prayed, it was gone. It was gone. And we knew. And I share that with you as an example. I'm sure you can't relate at all. But that's what I'm, <laughs> that's an example. It's just like the most petty, ridiculous thing. A lot of times that's the enemy. Recognize that not every conflict is flesh and blood. Sometimes it is the rulers, the principalities, the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And recognize that he's at work trying to stir things up and agitate your family and your marriage. He wants to destroy you. He's on the prowl like a roaring lion looking to devour you. Recognize how he works. Number three on the list. 
When you look at verses 11, 13, and 14, we are told four times in three verses to stand, to keep your ground. Don't retreat. Stand your ground. I know sometimes when we feel the attack of the enemy, we are prone to want to run because we don't want to deal with it. I guarantee if you run, he's going to chase you. But if you stand, having done all things, Paul says, stand, he will eventually go away. And he'll come back, but when he sees you mean business to stand, he'll go away again. James 4, 7 says, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Don't you flee. You hold your ground. You stand where you are. You don't retreat. It's painful, but you don't retreat. Churchill, when he was reflecting on the events of World War II, you talk about demonic principalities. I mean, Hitler was the personification of evil. You talk about the work of Satan and demonic principalities throughout Nazi Germany and the extermination of millions of Jews. Demonic with a capital D. Churchill, reflecting after World War II, said this, quote, Never give in, never give in, never, 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 in nothing great or small, large or petty. Never give in except to convictions of honor and good sense. Never yield to force. Never yield to the apparently overwhelming might of the enemy, end quote. The same is true for us. To never yield to the enemy. Number four on the list. We must find our strength in the Lord and his power. There in verse 10, it says, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Don't think you can take on Satan in your own strength. Okay, he is a formidable foe. He, he's on a leash, but he's still powerful. He will one day be cast into the fire of hell, the lake of fire, and he will, will be cast there along with the false prophet and the Antichrist. But until that day, we have to recognize that we are only to come in the strength and power and in the name of the Lord in dealing with, with our enemy because we are no match for Satan, okay? He is still a formidable foe and you can only come in the strength of the Lord and in his mighty power. Don't go trying to chase Satan down and rebuke him here and rebuke him there. Spiritual warfare is a serious thing and must be fought in the strength and power of the Lord. Number five, we must guard our hearts, lives, and minds with the full armor of God. Paul lists it there in verse 11, the belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, feet fitted with the gospel of peace, shield of faith, helmet of salvation, okay? He's speaking in first century. He's using a Roman soldier, like, the, like, like a soldier who is ready for battle, put on these things. We need to wrap our lives in truth, righteousness, the gospel of peace, faith, salvation. We need to saturate our minds, the helmet of salvation. We need to fight this battle only draped in the power and strength of the Lord. Finally, number six, we must fight with the word of God in prayer. There are two offensive weapons that we are given. The list I just showed are all defensive armor, but there are offensive weapons of the word of God in prayer. Because he says in verses 17 and 18, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Three times he uses the word pray or some form of the word in verse 18 alone. And the idea of standing on the Word of God. Remember, 
Remember in the wilderness when Jesus was being tempted by Satan? And how did he fight Satan? Every single time he said, it is written, and he quoted scripture. Every single time, it is written, and he quoted scripture. You have to read your Bibles. You have to know your Bibles. You have to be able to be able to pray and quote scripture and know what scripture says in order to defeat the enemy who is aggressively pursuing you. And then pray. Pray in the Spirit with all kinds of prayers and praying always for the saints because every single one of us, to one degree or another, are fighting a spiritual battle. Nehemiah faced a daunting task of leading one of the waves of returning exiles and rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. The work was hard and slow and filled with setbacks and struggles, including enemies who came up against them. The great thing about Nehemiah was that he wasn't a priest and he wasn't a Levite. In fact, he wasn't in professional ministry in any way. You may not be a pastor, but God can use your experience and willingness all the same. Who knows what amazing things he may have in store for you if you'll open yourself to his leading and step out in faith. You have a great journey awaiting you. Just ask God to open your eyes to his plan. We'd love to pray for you along this journey, too. Are you facing a difficult situation? Call us and share your prayer requests at 703-771-1500. To hear more great messages from Pastor Gary Hamrick, look us up online at cornerstoneconnection.cc or subscribe to our podcast. You can also take Cornerstone Connection with you on our mobile app to listen to whenever and wherever you are. That's it for today. We pray you continue to seek God in your everyday experiences and that you feel His presence in your life today. Be sure to tune in again for another exciting edition of Cornerstone Connection. They say you're a wandering soul That you've got no place to go But still you know You're not a Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.